Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Christian Rose, and I am the co-host for the reigning, defending, undisputed, heavyweight podcast champion of this room, <laughs> Brayden, <laughs> sir. I love it. I love that. You're welcome. <laughs> Just the waveforms are great. Oh, I mean, that's <laughs> got to be what it is for Heyman, too, when he does of that Of course, shit. of course. Uh, I kind of miss that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he's very quiet and subdued with, with uh, Roman, and it's great. But, man, I kind of just miss hearing that guy say his name. Mm-hmm. It's fun to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's why we do this for fun. That, we it, say it, for an hour and some. That, that Correct. Um, we're back, though. With yeah, another episode correct. of What Are We Even Doing? I am your host slash co-host, Christian Rose, a.k.a. Tom, joined, as always, by my stalwart companion. Uh, Braden, otherwise known as Damien Deschain. He was thrown off by use of the word stalwart, I assure you. And today, uh-huh. we are going to be reviewing World War Three. Oh, April Fools! Okay, I did the math. It comes out on April Fools. Okay, good. I, I legit was like, oh no! I didn't. <laughs> one, I didn't watch that, and two, oh no! <laughs> I, I wasn't. I wasn't gonna watch. Just it. an awful concept of a show. We yeah. spoiler. We will not be doing World War Three. Correct. Any of them? I think they only did three of them. I think it was ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight. Maybe I'm off by a year, but like, woof. Hmm. Who boy? Um, no, guys, we're actually going to do something a little different today. We're going to do a little thing where we break the format. Break the format. Break the format. Honk, break the format. <laughs> Ooh, I can't. Ooh. There uh, you go. Break it. So uh, we're actually delivering on our promise to divert from our usual format. Yes. Today. Uh, this episode and the next one are going to be based upon... Us interviewing each other. Break the format, turn it up, and rip the knob off. Um, you paid for your whole seat, but you only need the edge. <laughs> it's still the best. It'll I love never, it. It'll never not be good. <laughs> I love that. Um, however, we're still going to talk a little bit of wrestling. And uh, even during the interviews, I'm well, sure I mean, we're going to talk a lot of wrestling. It'd be, it'd be really Otherwise, hard. it's just to... like, who are you? <laughs> um... <laughs> But before we do any of that horse shit, we gotta ring that bell. We gotta ring that ever so noble opening bell. Beautiful. So now I have to um, throw a little shout out. As you see, I'm sure. drinking a Monster Ultra Sunrise. It's uh, a delicious yeah. beverage. Monster Ultra Sunrise. Yes. I used to be a big uh, Ultra Paradise guy, you know, big green apple. Okay. A man by the name of Mr. Havens yeah. recommended me this Ultra Sunrise, and I haven't had an Ultra Paradise in about four weeks, because this yeah. is just so much it's, better. It's really good, and like, so for me, I, I am actually kind of picky on my energy drinks, mm. but the Ultra Sunrise there, I do enjoy because it tastes like an orange soda, Yeah, and that makes me remember when I was a kid, because when I was a kid, I drank a lot of orange soda. Crush, that nobody remembers. Which, I remember Crush. Come you on, remember man. Crush? Oh shit! So some yeah, the move. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm or, kidding. I do. Like I will say this. A, a decades later, when I learned what the Orange Crush the wrestling move is, I was like, oh shit, that's a soda. 
Womp womp. Um, <laughs> yeah, Crush and Sunkissed. When I was a kid, those I were have like Sunkissed at my house right now. Really, I didn't know that either. Of these were still like in circulation. Yep, I love Sunkissed. Uh, I'm pretty sure I drank them the last time I was here. Maybe you did. The I feel like I commented on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, but I have to throw out, I have to throw out a shout out to Havens of course. for that because uh, it's fantastic. I've completely switched over. Yeah, uh, I think it's funny how like there's certain brands of energy drink that I I cannot fuck with. Uh, Rockstar, not a fan. The only Rockstar energy drinks I ever liked were their cold coffee ones. Mm. I used to just inhale those bad boys. There's one flavor of Rockstar that that I like, and it is also easily in my top three favorite energy drinks of all time. It's okay. going to sound stupid when I say it to you. Uh-huh. I was recommended this by Berna. Hey, Sounds we got that out already. of the way. Yep. Correct. <laughs> Correct. But, um, it's the marshmallow flavor. It is so good, Tom. I'm not saying that you're lying, but I'm going <laughs> to say that this sounds impossible. It, I love it. it it's all one right. of my favorites. It's Fair so enough. good. Uh, shall we get to this undercard? Uh, yeah. What have you seen? What did you watch? What did you behold? I beheld... Yes. Uh, WWE Fastlane. Myself as recently. well. Uh, most of it. I, I didn't say all of it, but most of it, yeah. It was... I mean, I don't, I don't have any notes of it, because I wasn't really paying yeah. that, that much attention, because it's not one of the big four. Um, but I will state that, um, Daniel Bryan versus Roman. Great. Fantastic. Uh, great match. Still, I great mean, match. just... Roman is top tier right oh, now. Oh, absolutely. God tier. And, and like, like I've always known that Daniel Bryan was great. We've we've known it for seemingly so long that we take it for granted. Yeah. He's absolutely unfuckwithable. Like, he, he has somehow found this way to take pure professional wrestling and translate it to a WWE audience. Yeah. And main event pay-per-views with it, which, to me, is just mind-boggling. But that match with Roman was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was also a big fan of, for different reasons, uh, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Cause it was also great. Fun. I, I did get to see that one. Yeah, that was just very stiff. A lot, <laughs> of, lot of floor bumps. Do you notice that? Yeah. Holy God, they take floor bumps there. <laughs> yeah, that is correct. So what do you think of The Fiend and the, this new look? I dig it. You Okay. I do. I do. I, I'm a huge fan. I don't want to say huge fan. I'm I'm a big fan of it. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Does I he look like... smaller to you? <laughs> um, like, legit. You know what? Does I can he look totally, like he is... I can 100% see what you're saying. I, I can't tell if he has, like, lost weight or if it's the gear. Or maybe it's his old gear. Because, like, not that, like, Bray's not, like, in good, like, ring shape. But, like, aesthetically, he doesn't look like... You know, like, he's not yeah. your John Cena or anything like yeah. that. And I always felt like the singlet top when he was in the old... Fiend gear kind of showed that he had a little bit of a belly. So I don't know if it's this mm. gear that he's wearing now or if he used that time off to, to trim up. I, I don't know. i got to see more yeah. of it, quite frankly. Me neither. I, I would have liked more of, like... I mean, obviously we're going to say this all the time, but I would have liked more of regular Fiend before we went to Burned Fiend. Uh, yeah. Like, because it feels I, like I, it's I only been like two years or something like that, right? Which is crazy. Something like that. But, I don't know, like, it's a weird thing to me because, um, part of me thinks that, like, okay, you did this because you have sold every piece of merchandise possible that has the Fiend's face and mask on it. Hey, guys, he's got a new mask. 
Let's make okay. all the same shit again. That's part of what I think it is. The other part of me yeah. is I think that like they're they're just trying to evolve and change the character. You know, it's like you look back at like like Taker is a great example of this, where he debuts with one thing, and within two years, yeah, it was different, and within two years past that, it was different, and so on and so Fair forth. Enough. But it's a very drastic change. Yeah. I saw a tweet about this, meaning, like, if we're following uh, Friday the 13th logic, we're not that far from The Fiend being in space. Goddamn right <laughs> we are. Jason X. A I can't horrible, wait. A horrible movie, but it has the best kill in the entire Friday the 13th franchise in it, and I stand by that. Mm. He dunks a woman's head into, like, liquid nitrogen so it's frozen, and then just shatters it, <laughs> like, into a fucking snow cone. I love that. It's dope. Uh... That movie is, with a capital B, a capital A, and a capital D, bad. <laughs> so, um, Fiend X, when are we getting it? <laughs> well, first we need Fiend Takes Manhattan. Oh, bring me that. Yes, absolutely. Then we need Orton versus Fiend in space. Yes. He goes to give him the RKO, but there's no gravity, so it just doesn't work. They're just he, he jumps twirling around. Orton has a cravat locked on him, and they're just spinning through the abyss. That would be incredible. <laughs> and then we don't see Orton or the Fiend ever again. Right, they just slowly drift off to Neptune. Um, other things I want to bring up on this undercard. Mm. First of all, I have a tweet pulled up here that was uh, that came in today. Okay. At the Wildwood Twitter. Correct. At Wildwood Podcast. Follow it. W-A-W-E-D Podcast. Do that. Um, it said, this is in reference to our uh, um, Canadian Stampede episode. A controversial and polarizing episode, by the way. Yeah. So go on with your thing. But this this is, it. it's just about a small moment okay. that I thought was uh, worth stating. Someone said, back in my youth, I went to a wrestling show with a sign for Bret Hart. I spelled his name B-R-E-T-T. It took years to erase the memory. Then WowEd Podcast brought it up. I have not been to Canada since it happened. You know what? Before I even ask you who sent that, good. Stay out of the Great White North, you 2T spelling bitch. <laughs> bitch. Bah. I think I started with bastard, but then committed to bitch midway through. I'm okay with it. Batch. Batch. <laughs> Let's get it. Bitch. <laughs> Bitchered, but uh, yeah, Floyd. I don't know. If you oh, know I know Floyd. I asked okay. you Floyd. Yes, good dude. Great wrestling fan. Um, oh my god, that was glad so, that he's staying just, out of Canada. It was so stay funny. out of Canada, <laughs> Floyd. You're not welcome there anymore. You misspelled was... Brett's fucking name. <laughs> um, I am trying to think what else I have seen recently because I know that I have watched some stuff and I just cannot remember what it was. Um. <sighs> I watched a little bit of Raw this week. I have no memories of it. This was two days ago. I just <laughs> finished watching AEW. Um, I really enjoyed Ty Conti and Nyla Rose's match, and I enjoyed the main event of John Silver and Darby Allen. Darby Allen is trying to die <laughs> on everything. Like, yeah. it, it is. I, I love it, but at the same time, I'm just like, oof. Uh, also, there's a six-man tag on tonight's episode of Dynamite that if you get a chance to see it, man, do yourselves a favor. Young Bucks and Brandon Cutler against the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid. Braden's phone has gone off because <laughs> he is in high demand. I was hoping that you wouldn't mention it this time. Oh! You were hoping for that. 
I feel like Darby Allen is like this generation's both Jeff Hardy and Mick Foley, just trying to honestly, yeah, I can see that. That's a very astute uh, point. And CM Punk, just because he's got the drug-free thing. (laughs) Oh yeah, but Um, that's anyway. Now shall we? Shall we get to the main event? I believe so. Because I'm not positive how this is going to go, guys. I have done no preparations for this. I have a loose idea of this. So basically, what we're going to do here tonight is I'm going to interview young Braden. I'm the main event. That is correct. For the first and probably only time. Uh- <laughs> oh! That was good. That was good. Um, And then on the follow-up episode, unless these air out of order, which, who knows? Uh, I'll try will, not to do that. He will be interviewing me. Um, So, I wanted to kind of like... We'll try and keep this wrestling focused, because... That's what the people are here for. The people. <laughs> the people. Um, so, and, and there are some things on this that I know that we've touched on before in like previous episodes and whatnot. So you've stated before that like your favorite wrestler of all time is Eddie Guerrero. Ooh. Uh, your favorite match of all time was uh, Eddie and Brock, right? Correct. We, which we just recently covered. But what is, and if we have covered this, I'm sorry that I don't remember. What is your earliest memory of professional wrestling. I knew this was going to happen, and I'm so excited to tell this story on a public format. It's very simple. Uh, Dakota was watching wrestling in, I say it was the living room, he says it was the bedroom. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember vividly enough to, sure. na- to say one way or the other. But he's watching wrestling, and I walk in, I look at the TV, and I'm like, who's that guy? Mm-hmm. He's like, that's Eddie Guerrero, dude. And I'm like, he's my favorite. Just that's literally on that that's the, yep. That's I don't know why. You don't remember? Do you remember anything more than that? That's what was I happening. I seem to recall or? he was wearing green, and it was on. Because I'm, I'm certain Smackdown. you would have been very young at this point. It was 2003. Like, so that was when he, I started. Right. So you were a child I, among children. Yeah. So I don't remember who he was wrestling. What it was. It was. In my vague memories, there was a white canvas, silver cur- uh, silver mm-hmm. apron, and blue ropes. So I'm like. Right. That's gotta, gotta be, be Smackdown. Smackdown, yeah. That's gotta be Smackdown. <laughs> Smackdown broken the door off the sale. I oh. seem to recall uh, he was wearing green. Right. He, had, he did have green tights at that yeah. time. Oh, God, Whoa. I bumped into the table. Shit. Um, <laughs> but I seem to recall him wearing green, but that's like as vague or as I mean, specific as my memory gets. That's interesting, though, the idea that, like, and granted, you're a kid, like, like honestly, it's not that far off from my own answer. But, like, it's interesting to think that, like, oh, that's the first one that you saw, that's your favorite. It could have been Chuck Palumbo. Like, <laughs> you Imagine walked, that world. You could have walked in there and just been like, he's my favorite, <laughs> and now where are you? Um, okay, so did you have any other background in, like, any, like, performance or athletics or anything, like, before getting into wrestling? Um, I... My mom had me take tumbling for a little bit uh, okay. it, before I could form memories. So I don't remember any. Right. I don't have any memory of that. Um, that I think that would be the only thing besides pro wrestling that would because I started really early as far like before I could even like fully remember everything right. I was watching wrestling. So that's that's the earliest thing. Well, I could, what? But I mean, like, did you play any sports when you were in school? Uh, I did. Um, I played baseball. Uh-huh. I actually started a year earlier because my mom was like, no, man, he wants to play now. Okay. So I played, uh, I can't remember how many leagues it was, but I remember while everyone else who was my age had played 
seven years. I was on my eighth year. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And after that eighth year, I was like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> this sport is fake. It's, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I don't. I I never really. I always wanted to play baseball, what but then by the time did, you play or did it did it usually, even matter at that age? I was you... usually outfield. Okay. I was a uh, uh, big center field guy. Right. Most of the time, I was in right field, and it pissed right. me off. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> uh, so what about like performance arts or anything? Ooh. Like, were you in choir? So, were you in drama? Did your for that matter? Did your school even have drama? Um, they did. I went to LP. It's a very large school. I mean, I, I, before I, that's before, a genuine question because I don't know what all schools offer. Mm-hmm. Like my my school did have a drama club, but. I, I know that there are ones that, that don't. Yeah. So, um, I didn't touch any of the arts as far as like in school wise. I was always big into music outside and big into drawing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside and of course, being a kid, I would do all the wrestling moves that we saw on TV. So sure. I would get like that part. So uh, you're doing these just it. on the ground or what? <laughs> like, um. I've been known to throw a couple step-up Benzies to my brother <laughs> on VCT, and it hurt my knees very much. Okay. But uh, most of the time, we would do the moves onto the bed. Um, but as far as like the arts go, besides like music class, which was a requirement mm-hmm. through, um, I think I was through like grade school or something like that. Um, when I got to, that's not true. When I got to when I got to junior high. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like, uh, I was like, you know what, I want to do band. Okay. So I did band. I was in percussion because I thought okay. the drummers were like fucking awesome. Right. And then when I got there, I'm like, they're not playing Metallica. Like, what's right, going on? Right, right, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, you know what, I'm not really for this. And then my mom signed me up for band the next year because she didn't, I didn't You didn't tell, tell her, her yo, that I, I, didn't I don't like care it. for this, yeah. So the next year, I just never went and got the worst grade in band ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. Like, I don't want to do this right now. Seventh grade was a dry year. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I went to when I got to eighth grade, I was like, okay. So the eighth grade field trip is Six Flags. Okay. The choir mm-hmm. field trip is also Six Flags. If I join six, if I join choir. I can go to Six Flags twice. Brilliant. Which I did. Okay. However, choir ended up becoming one of my favorite parts of my entire schooling career. So you basically and joined I, for the free field trip to Six Flags. Yep. And I and I and I stayed Is in choir. Is that the one up here? That I mean, obviously that's got to be the one up in Chicago land, right? I probably yeah. Okay. Like there's a Six Flags in St. Louis. I I joined a math debate team when I was in high school to get on a Six Flags trip, but that was to the one in St. Louis. Mm. Because that was closer. There, yeah, there's, it That's had to awesome. be the one up here in Chicago for you guys. Because it's only ninety minutes. I think the one in St. Louis from here is probably like three and a half hours or more. Yeah. Um, okay. So anyway, I'm sorry. Go on. But uh, yeah, choir became like one of my favorite parts of my entire school day. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed in choir all through senior year. I didn't go to college, so fuck that. Um, uh, <laughs> um, while doing choir, I ended up traveling with the choir to um, New Orleans. Hmm. Um, I went to Washington, D.C. I got into their concert choir, which is auditioned, and I got into their chamber choir, which is even higher auditioned. It's only 16 people, and with the chamber choir, I ended up going over to Ireland for the school trip. That's awesome. Which is 
the coolest thing I've ever done. Sure. I've always wanted to go to Ireland because I'm an Irish boy. And it was on somebody else's dime. Well, I mean, we had to raise the money for it. But. Oh, wow. Fuck me. Um, it, was so, still, it was still a cool experience. So you're in school. You're in choir. You're going to all these fun places. You're doing this shit. Is the thought of pro wrestling as anything past being a fan like in your mind at all? Is it just something where you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in it. I like watching it. Like, had the idea of ever actually getting in crossed your mind or was that just like you know n- not not in your universe it was always um it was always in the back of my mind up until a specific date that i will get to okay um as far as like once it became like this is what i wanted to do it mm-hmm. was i believe it was damn it i bumped into the table midway again. damn it Midway through, which is, that's fine, which is midway, it was midway through uh, my junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, once we came back from break, I decided to try out for the musical for the first time ever. Sure. Like, because why not? Ended up getting a mid-range part as far as, like, importance and prevalence. Um, had, a, had a blast. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's do this again next year. The next year, it was Shrek the Musical. I fucking hate that musical. I, I mean, was barely in it, and I had a blast because most of the time at rehearsals, I was just playing fucking cards, and right? Like, just shooting the shit. It was just a what fun. kind of card games you like? Uh, I was playing Blitz. Okay. You ever played euchre? I hate euchre. I but can't do you know how? Figure it out. I can't figure it out, brother. If I can teach you euchre, <laughs> you and me could rule the fucking world. <laughs> I can't. I love. I've been taught euchre a thousand times. Euchre. And I have never grasped There's it. There's only like two stumbling blocks that are hard and then once you get past those then it becomes a game of strategy and that's mm. when it gets intense. Like anytime I go home to visit my family like Meg will just watch me and my brother, sister, and my dad play euchre and we've tried to get her in on it and like teach her and she's scared too because we're like <laughs> it, it's this weird thing where there's four of us sitting at the table and we're all just staring at each other someone throws <laughs> a, someone throws the first card and before that one has hit the table the other three are on top of it and <laughs> someone's sweeping the the deck or whatever uh anyways i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt again but um so so you're in this musical correct right but you're the not the whole time the, the whole time through this musical um any downtime, I'm doing a front roll on the stage. Like, I had not been taught these right. things yet. I'm just doing But them. you had when you were super young. You probably just don't remember. Yeah. Because you didn't like, Not me. like, yeah. Not in, by had a, no rest, not in a wrestling training, ring. So to speak. Right. Correct. So I'm doing, like, front rolls and all this. Like, just... Mm-hmm. I'm doing what I saw. Super kicking the the, right. um, the the beams at the school. or Just fucking around. Right. But I've, it's always been, like... Everyone has known me as, like, I'm the one who likes wrestling. That's what Braden mm-hmm. does, you know. Um, so, um, as so far then, as... I'm sorry, go on. I just wanted to say, as far as the uh, arts besides mm-hmm. wrestling in school, I was in a play for a week mm-hmm. um, because I was approached by one of my friends being like, so we've had two people not able to play juror number two. Can you step <laughs> in? We have a, we have the the performance is in a week. Now is this <laughs> Can a, you is this a speaking role as juror yes. number juror number two? Juror number you two. You have in dialogue, tw- but you don't have a name. Twelve angry jurors. It's like oh, twelve angry men. There's, okay, but so all right. 
Um, I step in, play that, and like I have everyone has a notepad where they're writing down their notes. I just all had the line before mine, the line that I say, and then the line after. Just right. all of that. And by the time we got to the performance, because they had cut some of it out uh-huh. that involved me, um, I I didn't even need the fucking notebook. It was great. I felt so accomplished. <laughs> but that was literally the only play I'd done. Um, okay. But yeah, that's all my arts in school. I gotcha. So let's fast forward a little bit. So it'd be almost impossible to tell your story up to this point without referencing your brother Dakota. Correct. Because that's a... a Pretty much, I would say, the fulcrum here, which is the pivot point of a lever or a seesaw. Um, mm-hmm. As if you don't know, like, the basic machines or anything. Yeah, I, I got um, So, Dakota is part of the first class at Zawa. Mm-hmm. I'm the head trainer at the time. And when he actually survives training to the shock of myself and many <laughs> others, I, I, I won't lie, I tried to make him quit. I tried yeah. to make him quit. I, I try to make all of them quit, but I tried to make him quit from day one, and I don't like to give him credit, but he didn't, so, you know, whatever. Uh, but I re- I think that my first memory of even seeing you would have been Dakota's <laughs> first match. Were you there for that? I was. I was. Okay, because if my memory here is wrong or bad, uh, fuck you. But, so, my point here where, where I'm getting to with this is, you're already a fan of the business. You're doing stuff... And you're you're you know you're performing in, in you know different capacities and everything. He's what three years older than you? Four, three and three and like some nine months, sure or something like that. Let's round, almost four. Let's we, round we, it. We, say four. We always just say four, right? So your brother's four years older than you, and he basically comes to you and says, "Hey, I'm going to train to be a wrestler." What what then is your take on that? Like how do you, how do you I, respond? You know, how do you react or whatever? Ah, uh, honestly. Oh, man, there's another one. <laughs> and again. Honestly, um, I don't really remember vividly what my reaction was, but I'm sure it was it was of much excitement. Because when he told me um, the cost and where it was located, I was like, mm-hmm. that is, cost aside, that is closer than any other place that we have ever found. Right. Um, so I was like, well, I'm going to do that too when I'm old enough, <laughs> like... I knew that that was where I was right. at. So I was excited because that gave me a way to get in. Like, that was easier than going to thousands of miles away or sure. whatever. So then are you asking him stuff about training when he comes yes. home? And like, <laughs> yes. Like trying to pick his brain on everything? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. How bad did he bury me? He, did. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he didn't bury you. Okay. Um, um, beery. I couldn't beery. say that one. Good. Couldn't say Beach, that one. Beery. Because, um, uh, so... Because by the time he was, like, in training, I had already known for a while that I... Not that I wanted to, but that I was going to be a so wrestler. So what was, what was the tipping point on that? The tipping because point Because you on said that. that was before he even started training. Correct. So, it, it, like, you know, our, the school for Zawa, like you said, the lo- most local school possible, isn't... doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So then what was it where you're like, oh, this is what I'm going to do? What uh, the the tipping point was um, the final Dreamwave show ever mm. actually, the final match ever. Hammerstone comes out, right. cashes the briefcase, makes it a triple threat. It's for the alternative. Hammerstone, and the Holly, and JT Dunn. Correct. Okay. Um, 
they do the whole the finish is I think it's a, just a frog splash, not even a four fifty. Yeah, um, one two three, Ali wins. Everything's happy, and I, there's just that atmosphere. Right. The the um, electricity. Yeah. The um, the emotion. Mm-hmm. Everything that they had done for like seven or eight years culminating into this right and i look around at like the crowd and everyone everyone's elated Mm -hmm. and that was the moment where i was like i'm gonna create moments like these that's awesome that's it that's great so okay so that happens we're gonna fast forward a little bit dakota starts training so then do you have the thought of like oh shit this training school opens up an hour away from home it's local and it's affordable like holy shit this is just falling into my lap yeah basically okay. because I was um for basically it was like December 4th of 2016 was that moment mm-hmm. um I can't remember when Dakota started training but it was in 2017 yeah that would have been about right so for like about that like when I knew to when he started training I was like I don't know how I'm going to make this work, but I'm going to have to. Right. Because uh, I there's nothing... there's This is it. Sure. Um, but then when Zawa opened up and, like, it just... It was just too perfect. But then um, you, you were coming to shows before you had even started training. Is mm-hmm. that because you just weren't old enough yet? Because I... Do, do we even have a rule about that? Man, I don't you know. know. I should I know. I really should. I but... don't think so, because I think Kyron was a little bit younger than... I mean, he was, 18. yeah. But, like, I also think that, like... Because Illinois is basically the wild, wild west for such things. Correct. <laughs> I think it's kind of up to the, the company's own discretion yeah. on, you know, age limits and such. But mm-hmm. I know that we had one. I couldn't remember if it was 16 or 18. I'm not sure. Uh, so I, yeah, I would just. Regardless. Waiting until I was 18 because I kind of assumed. Sure. <laughs> um, I guess. So I was um, just following around. Following him around and helping out with shows just because that's a, a thing that I could do. Setting up, tearing down, moving yeah. chairs, you know, whatever. That's a thing that I could do. And right. It, and it um, got me, quote, in a little further right. than I was before, so I was all for it. So, um, before your in-ring debut slash run, you know, whatever, you refereed for Zawa for, what, a year and a half? Maybe almost two? I think it was almost two. Um, I know that there is one. I'm looking at the up the picture right now, so I can find exactly what the date was. But there was a show, a one off. It was actually the first show that was ever called Zawa Live. Mm-hmm. Um, there were six people on the roster, and they that ended up doing four matches, three singles, and then they did a six man at the end. It was just a spot show. There was I don't fifteen people in the world right. that were that were in attendance. Okay? Where was this X? I don't Freeport. This was in, like, okay. some parking lot in Freeport. I was not there for that. Correct. Okay. Um, but Zishi uh, had forgotten to book a ref <laughs> entirely. So I, I, like, like, I like that you're able to segue into basically what was going to be my next question, which is, how did you start being a referee for us? Yes. So, um, uh, I'm getting closer. There it is. September 23rd, 2017. Okay. Um, so Zishi had forgotten to book a ref. Which, of all the Zishi, of all the Zishi moves, that's, that's, that's up there. <laughs> um, so he asked me if I could do it. Uh, my stepbrother, 
Jake, who is also going with us during like the beginning of Dakota's career, I sure. guess, because uh, because he was just tagging along or whatever. He would help out okay. too, not to get into it, but just for fun. Um, he was like, "Dude, just do it." Like, right. what's? I was like scared. I was like, right. "I don't know what." Zishi's like, "Can you count to three? All right, you can do it. Perfect." Right. And but I mean, in your credit though, you've you've seen wrestling. Correct. Like, you've yeah. watched I was way more nervous like, than I needed to be. I mean, it's good to be nervous, I think, especially in that position, but, like, mm-hmm. it, it's one thing to, to just take somebody off the, the street and be like, you have at no point seen professional wrestling, you have no concept of it, come be our referee, versus somebody who, at like, you had more than this going for you, but bare minimum, you're a fan. Yeah. Like, you, you have seen what referees do. Mm-hmm. So, how did this first experience riffing go? It went... Did you do the whole, well, the yeah. whole show? Yeah. So, three singles and the six-man. Correct. Wow, okay. Um. <laughs> so, it went fine. Who, <laughs> there was 15... If, if you don't remember, or if you don't mind, or if you don't remember, that's fine, but who all was in this six-man? So, it was, um... Herrick, Dakota... And Bailey versus no, that's not right. I don't remember exactly who the teams were, but I remember. But if you all, remember, if, I remember. Can you give me six. all six guys. All that's, six that's were it was it was Dakota, uh-huh. Herrick, Bailey, uh-huh. Bucky, Pregel, and Renato. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So for the people so listening who I, don't have any concept of this, Bucky and Pregel, especially at that point are the only two in the ring who have any clue what's going on. <laughs> and that, and that's... The, the other guys are just new. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're you're shockingly new. Yeah. You know, so that... I'm not trying to, like, shit on the other guys, but it's like, at that point, holy God, that that's a lot of blind bodies. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it was... Um... There was, like... I said 15 people or something like that at the, right. at the end of this. I think there was, like... Six when we started, so like we gained an audience. At <laughs> sure, least. sure. If the show had kept going for another nine hours, you could have <laughs> broke a hundred. Exactly. Um, but at this main event, so I didn't know anything that was happening, and I'm gonna I'm gonna admit something here on this main event. Okay. I pulled the I I broke the ultimate cardinal sin when it comes to refing. You didn't count three when it was three, did you? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Which I I think I stalled in my head longer than I physically did, but still, sure. like it was. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, it was fun. So then, at that point, after that, are you just then? Hey, this is our ref. No, actually, um, it. I think it was like two, three months went by before I did it again. Okay. Um, I don't know if I have any pictures. Um, it's not a visual medium. I know, I'm just saying, like, for dates. <laughs> but, no, because I, I remember, yeah, by February, I'm following around again. Right. Just doing, uh, helping Dakota with stuff and helping the show. I was, at that point, standing by the merch table, selling Dakota's merch to zero people, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but did you get your percentage? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. 20% of zero. <laughs> exactly. So... Um, fast forward from September of 2019 to, um, 
trying to come up with these dates here. I was actually out of school by the time I had gotten back into refing, which is 2018. Damn. Now, around about these times, because I don't remember this, and this is not a uh, an insult or anything like that, it's because my memory for a lot of things is, is bad, which will make the follow-up episode where you interview me great. We're all just great. 40 minutes yeah. of me going, uh... But <laughs> when did we meet? Um, so, because I know that you've told the story on, on this podcast before about me seeing some jacked, jacked dude, dude yeah. that they were teaching how to bump and me being like, oh, God, he looks like a wrestler or whatever. And then I laughed and you looked at me like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> right. Now, granted, I do that. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. Was was that did we actually meet or was that just our first interaction or that was actually not our first interaction our first oh, interaction God, it's even worse our first interaction was at Dakota's first match okay um I remember I came up to you and was like hey I found out that my brother was wrestling you so I wore your shirt because <laughs> I I thought it'd be funny sure. to support the person the per- he's going right, against right right because fuck him he knew what he did <laughs> um. Uh, he's the older brother. You know what they do. Why did you tell Dakota to do what he did? I didn't uh, tell him, man. He kept hurting me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that was the first interaction with you that I can remember. I'm hey, sure I we wore probably your shirt. Had, okay. We probably had small interactions at Dreamwave that I even don't remember, but... Maybe. Maybe um, not. Okay, so... But now then, at this point, you're refereeing for us, like, fairly... Yeah, regularly. we got we got to a point where I was refereeing regularly. Because um, this is when I start to actually rem- like remember being like, okay, Braden's one of the guys. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, okay, he, yeah, he's our referee, but he's he's a good one. He's a very good referee. Thank you. So, and again, honestly, I think that a big part of that just goes back to the fact that you've watched wrestling. Correct. And whether it's choir or being juror number two or anything, <laughs> you have been in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of people that have watched wrestling, but have never. And and there's plenty of people that have watched wrestling and that are super athletic, but they've never performed in front of a crowd. And like when I was a kid, I remember hearing that the number one fear in America statistically was public speaking, which seems like yeah. Even then, and even now, which if that's true now, I don't know. Like the the number one fear now is probably QAnon or something, but like. <laughs> It, it just seemed impossible to me. Everyone's but I was very comfortable with that. Yeah. So if you, it's the same thing as like, oh, well, snakes don't bother me. How can anyone be scared of a snake? And it's like, yeah, no, man, that's pretty damn common. You know, <laughs> like, Everyone's afraid of public speaking until they're a thousand feet off the ground. Then what's your biggest fear? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, um, anyway, so I don't know why I said that. <laughs> just turning into jelly when you hit the earth. Um, oh, gosh. So... Okay, so at this point, you're refereeing. I know you got to do some pretty cool stuff when you're refereeing. Probably the coolest thing being the Dan Severn show then. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which right. we've talked about, which was cool. Right. Which, uh, I, I know that, like, our friends out at Magnum Pro, they're bringing in Dan Severn, which mm. um, they were already planning to, but, like, I actually got asked about it because it was, hey, you're on the show with Severn. How was he? I was like, it, it, best. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't have mm. a bad thing to say about the guy. Like, what, like... What more would you want from a guest? Yeah, you know. Um, but so let's let's keep going a little bit forward with this. While you're a referee, are you like, yeah, man, this is fine. I'm I, which 
and this is not to like knock being a referee because referee is an important yes. role in a wrestling yes. show. And I think we've said it on this show before. It's the most thankless job. Correct. Because you can be a great referee for 20 years and nobody will say a goddamn word to you. And if you fuck up one match, they will never let you live it down. But my point here being, during this run while you're a referee, you're getting to meet some people, you're learning a lot and everything. Are you still, are you thinking at this time like, yeah man, I'm cool with just being a referee and I, I don't mean like just being yeah. a referee. Or, or are you saying I'm cool with being a referee? Or are you like, this is fine. I'm enjoying this, but I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So it actually was a gradual sort of thing. So when he first made me a referee, uh, uh, like permanently, right. I guess is what what it would say. Um, I was still very nervous every time, mm-hmm. uh, and but. As I was starting to ref more and more of the show, I was like, "Okay, this is this is a lot of fun. I'm mm-hmm. glad to like be a part of this." And not only am I a referee, but this time I'm a referee in the locker room too. Right. So it's right. like I'm I and that was that I was riding high for a long time, but then there was that point that point where I was like, "Well, when's this next class?" Because right. we got through the Chiron class. Right. And then I'm like, hey, Zisha, I, I approached him. I was like, hey, Zisha, I'm interested in, like, training to be to become a, a wrestler. He's like, well, we don't really have, um, we only have you. We need more people in the class. Sure. So I'm like, fine, sure. Um, and, then, like, small tangent here. One of the things about Zawa is, and this is both a positive, I think it's a bigger positive than negative, but it is also a negative, is it's very grassroots pro wrestling. Mm. Like, so when we first started, our first class had, like, five people in it. Uh, maybe even six. Um, which is our biggest class. Yeah. And it's a thing where it's, like, you know, it's not that I don't like training or that the other guys don't like training or anything like that. But it's, like, guys, we have jobs. You know, we, we have things to do. We have lives. Like, yeah. we have obligations. So it's hard financially for everyone involved. But as well as, like, personally and professionally for the other trainers and myself to be like, yeah, we have one guy who wants to train. Yeah. You know. Um, and, and, I, and I understood and, that. And, and that's just, like, the way that we operate. And I, I think it's similar to a lot of other schools where it's like, hey, man, if you've only got, like, two people in this class, then what do we do? You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Also, from the training perspective, it's hard to teach one person, yeah. one-on-one. Because you can show them how to do something, but you can't see how they're doing it. Because you're the person yeah. doing it with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, well, so it felt fine. <laughs> I'm yeah, didn't hurt. Uh, okay, so you you tell him you're interested. He's like, you know, we really only have you. Mm-hmm. And then what? And then I don't really hear anything about it um, right. for a while until God, I don't even remember when. All of a sudden, I was like, oh my god, there's a class starting, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in it. Like, I don't even remember, like, the moment finding out that there was going to be a class or whatever. Right. It just, it, yeah, I was kind of, in my memory at least, out of nowhere. Now, was this just this past, this was just this past year, technically, right? Yeah, it or was were February, you, were you February in, of 2020. On, on, okay, that's right, okay. Um, so then, when you start training... Is this a complete culture shock, or is it just kind of like easing into something else because you've already been around for so long, you've been ref... Not quote so long, but you know what I mean, like almost two years you've been around. 
you've been in a ring a lot. Mm-hmm. You, you know, is it is it a complete shift of gears, or is it just like it? It's it was a very very slow ease for me because I'd been uh, I've done a number of open rings that Zishi mm-hmm. had had. Um, basically, that's it. Uh, learning things before shows from people, like just small things. Um, so I was very comfortable, like moving in a ring. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when we started, like as far as me, like bumping and rolling and all that stuff, that was like that I was, was easy, I was, was fine. Yeah, was that the easier part? Yeah, for you? basically, like we're starting. Well, mm. I don't know. It's hard to to say what the easiest part would be, but like what I'm, basically what I'm saying is it wasn't like a culture shock. It was basically right. all familiar. Um, although I had it always in the back of my mind that the information and and stuff that I was going to learn here is going to be much more in depth and more of it that than right. than there was before shows or in those open rings. What was the hardest part for you? Cardio. Oh yeah. That's probably easily... Which is bad. shocking, because you're skinny. And yeah. most of the time, people are like, oh, he's skinny, he won't get blown up. But well, here you are to prove us all wrong. Yeah. Um, okay, so you make your debut. You make your debut against a 12-gauge guy that you trained a lot with. Correct. And everything. So you guys had this great advantage where you had a ring available to you. Yeah. You were able to get there for weeks before the match because you knew this is what your debut is going to be. Mm-hmm. So you guys were able to work on this match. Like, I, I was there with you. Like, we worked on it so much. Yeah. And so then you guys finally, like, get out there and you get to do it and it's a debut for him, it's a debut for you, you're in front of your family, you're in front of your friends. How? What was your thoughts on your debut as it was happening but then also afterwards? As it was happening? Uh-huh. Straight up dream. Okay. Like it was I literally felt like I was not present in my body. Mm-hmm. Like it was a weird it wasn't like an out of body experience where I'm like seeing the ring in third person. Sure. But like it just it felt freaking weird. Right. Um it literally felt like the closest I can think to physically feeling like I'm dreaming. No, I can get that. Um uh and then once we started like actually going through the motions, I was like, okay. This is real now. Right. <laughs> right. So, and we go through the motions uh, how we always have before, and everything goes exactly from my perspective how I wanted it to. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. Um, get to the back thinking about it, and I'm like, that was incredible. I'm so happy. Like, this right. was you have I'm this unbelievable adrenaline. Yeah. Rush. Yeah. I'm, I'm, this is, I've finally done it. Uh huh. I've been a wrestler once. I can say that I have done right, that. Right, right. If nothing else. Yes. If right. nothing else, I've done it a time. Right. And spent a load of money on the gear. <laughs> so I have to do it more than one time. Um, um, after watching it, right. noticing the things that I would do differently, um, it was another... I don't know. How do I want to word this? It was another... Uh, rush of contentment, knowing that. Do you feel that match holds up? Like from from your point of view and from your judgments, do you think do you think that that match holds up? Because like I actually watched most it. Most of us are our own toughest critics. Mm-hmm. I I I can attest to that. Um, I've actually watched it relatively recently. Um, 
there are certain things that I just didn't care for the right. way I executed them. Um, I think certain things that obviously we would do differently now. Mm-hmm. Um, structuring and um, just like actually doing them wise. Uh, but I think in general, as far as I'm only some months. Right, this was back in September. We're yeah. currently in the late bits of March as we record this. Mm-hmm. So, this is... Six. Yeah, something six, like that. Six, seven months, somewhere mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. So I'm very, very... I'm still incredibly new. As far as I've gone in my uh, wrestling career so sure. far, I'm still very happy with how that matches. Now That's ask good. me five, six years from now, Oh yeah, and I'll, yeah, I'm yeah. sure it'll time, be a totally different... Time match. is the ultimate factor. Yeah. Um, okay, so... What do you think at this point is the best match that you have had? Oh, that's so hard. Um, I know, but let, let, if you got to narrow it down to a one, maybe a one to three, because there's uh, there's a couple that like stand out. Um, I honestly think um, I don't want to put them over too much, but uh, my match September twenty fifth, the show after. My debut with mm-hmm. Connor mm-hmm. was now was that the one real good homegrown yeah uh, that's the one I was gonna say yeah like I, think the, I honestly the, think that's the, granted that's I it. haven't seen all of your stuff but that match was very very good and yeah. I remember thinking like wow especially for a second match if you grade on that curve it's incredible mm-hmm. um, thank you I want to ask what your worst match is. But I don't know if I want to throw anybody under the bus that hard on this recorded podcast. Unless you just want to be like, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> um, I... Let's not do that. Let's not do that. I honestly, I don't <laughs> even know what my answer would be. Right. Do you, do you think you've had a match that you thought was just flat out bad at this point? Because there are times where you have matches that aren't necessarily, like, awful. They're yeah. just not, you know anything special I've never I've never uh, come to the back after a match and been like that was fucking awful not yet Um, I know (laughs) so okay so one of my next questions then let's say let's say hypothetically Hmm. I have the infinity gauntlet oh (laughs) and rather than using its powers snap my fingers and eradicate half of the life in the universe. Basically solve all of our problems. Thanos is right. Um, I choose to use this gauntlet and I say unto thee, you can have a wrestling match on whatever stage you deem worthy against any opponent in all of space-time because I've got this goddamn glove with all these shiny fucking rocks on it. What do you pick? Okay, so... God damn it. And if you want to pick a person from a specific era, you can. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you want to pick somebody who's dead, then yeah, you would probably pick them during an era when they were alive. Yeah. I mean, uh, of course, my gut reaction is Eddie Guerrero. Okay. I'd probably go 04 Guerrero because... Right. Um, another... Uh, um top pick for me would be Randy Orton. Okay. 
what era Orton though is what I would. Oh yeah, I mean would, that's would be that's, difficult. That's tricky bag to to get into. Like twenty twenty Orton because he would do some stuff. <laughs> what if you if you see yourself at some point getting signed to a major promotion? Can you would you know what one you think you're like? That's in my foresight. That's in my future. Or is that a go- even a goal for you? Is that something you want to pursue? I mean, of course, there's always going to be that. Well, I want to, if if at all possible, to make this a full time deal. Right. You know. Uh, so, if I can get signed to a major promotion, that would be great. However, it's not necessarily something I'm looking at right now. My sure. main goal right now is just to get better. Right. Um, I can say right now, without a doubt. Um, as of the landscape of this promotion right now, mm. I will never go to fucking WWE. <laughs> I want to be used. Right, yeah. So, that is my it's one... It's one thing to get a paycheck and... It's yeah. one thing to get a paycheck and... Or, I'm sorry, it's one thing to get a paycheck and work and do what you've trained and worked and sacrificed for. And it's another thing to get a paycheck to stay home or... And not answer your or, phone. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and some people, that's that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, and who are we to judge? Like, if yeah. you're happy just getting free money, which, when you say it like that, you know, but yeah. it's not really free, but, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of a good way to wrap this up, because we're coming up on that just under an hour mark here. What, okay, give me a couple of your goals. Like, what, what are the things that you're wanting to work on in the next, because we're, in essence, kind of sort of coming out of the pandemic era. Yeah, you know, I've thing, things only are, ever wrestled in the pan- pandemic era, which is is unbelievable to me. Yeah, you know what I mean, and and awful, quite frankly. Like it, it sucks. Like in my mind, the closest thing that you've gotten to a genuine wrestling experience was that match with Connor at Homegrown, because mm-hmm. there was a goddamn crowd there, and they were hot for everything. But moving past that, we're coming out of the pandemic era. Things are starting to open up again. Stuff's starting to happen. Guys, get vaccinated, by the way. If you can, do that. I did it yesterday. I've got all kinds of microchips running through my blood veins right <laughs> now. It just... It's totally worth it. Just... I'm loving these microchips. Um, did you... Tom, was that you? Did you huh? say that? Did I say what? <laughs> I'm loving these microchips. Um, Tom, that doesn't exactly sound like you. Weird. Uh, but... My my point here being, what, like, do you have any short-term goals? Do you have a long-term goal? Or are you just see what happens as it happens? I'm kind of leaning more towards see what happens as it happens right mm-hmm. now. Um, as far as short-term goals are, um, uh, uh, the one that's persisted all the whole way through, I think I am genuinely getting better at this one. It's just, it's match by match. I got to get reps mm-hmm. in. I want to hit people harder. <laughs> yeah, you got to do that. Yeah. Um, uh, I do want to have a match with my brother, and I want to tag with my brother, which one of those right. things is happening rather soon. Oh, good. Which is cool. Um, but as far as that's like, those are short-term goals. I don't really have any super long-term goals right now. Um, it's kind of hard. I mean, I think I did before the, right. the world shut down. Oh, yeah, I mean. But um, it's kind of hard to, like, because we don't even know what's going to happen in the next six months. Yeah. It's it's hard to have goals when it could be like, oh, fuck, go back in your houses again. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, 
Let's kind of wind this down here then. I think I did pretty good for not actually planning this interview. Yeah, you did. You kind of scared me because uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it that good. I'm very fluid. I speak well. Good. uh, (laughs) You're a master of the mic. Big language. I'm a (laughs) cunning linguist. Mm, Okay, (laughs) yeah. I I gotcha. Come on down and witness their cunning stunts. I thought you said we had stunning... Whoa! Uh, it's a great that, joke. Okay. Um, anyways, let's wrap this up then. Uh, guys, follow us on Twitter at Wildwood Podcast. Follow Zowalive. Follow Anified Underground. Follow Magnum Pro. Follow any place that books me. Follow any place that books Brayden. And... Wow. Don't follow any other place. No, that's not true. Don't do that. <laughs> um, anything you want to plug or... I think you've plugged everything pretty rapidly. Yes, yes. I'm actually uh, impressed. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, until next time, this has been What Are We Even Doing? Where we break the format. Break, 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 break. Format, 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 format. Woo! Format, format, format. I'm loving these microchips. Format, 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 format. Oh, my God. I'm requesting that you do that the next oh! episode. That you do that next episode, too. What, that we break the format, 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 huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, god damn it. Okay. Wow. Um, wow, Ed. Okay, yeah. I'm okay yes. with that. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Indubitably. Want to hear a great other uh, one-liner joke that we can go out on? Yes. It's from either Naked Gun or it's Naked Gun 2 and a half, but it's... Yes, like a midget at a urinal. I knew I was going to have to stay on my toes. (laughs) That is undeniably funny. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty good. That's all I got. Alright, well, the thing that I got is... Oh, no. Oh, no, what have you done? Don't waste this entire episode. What are you doing? What are we even doing here? What are you even doing? Okay. Stop moving things. Well, I had to get the window back centered. I'm very afraid right now. Oh. What are we